Lord God, if you, as you have come near to us in your Son, Jesus, come near by your Spirit in your Word. And use my words, bless them that they might be your words and that you would draw us closer as we peer to the manger to worship our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Witness. You heard it in John 1. Witness. Have you ever been a witness to something important? And you look back and go, hey, I was there. I, I saw that. It might seem weird, but you know, I, I was there. I saw this happen. Well, today you all got to witness uh, a baptism of a child and witness the first time. I know that we've had uh, FaceTime sponsors. So you're a witness to something today. You say, hey, yeah, that, I saw that. That happened. One time I was accidentally, you know, a witness at an auto accident sitting in traffic at a stoplight, and then you see a thing unfold, and then I was already in a hurry and impatient, but I thought, oh man, I witnessed this. I should probably stick around and talk to the police when they come to give my account of what I saw. Or in a courtroom, certainly witnesses testify to what they've seen and experienced. Well, John 1, 6 starts and says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, that is John the baptizer, not the disciple who wrote the gospel, and he came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So last week we talked about light, today we're talking about witness. So the disciple John writes this magnum opus about Jesus called the Gospel of John, and then he's right away talking about another John, so it can be a little confusing. The other John, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, whom we heard about in the Gospel reading. John the baptizer, the miracle baby of two older parents who weren't able to have children. And he was also given a specific purpose, even from embryonic stages, to be a witness to Jesus, who also happened to be his cousin. And John is said by Jesus to be great, but he is great because his life simply pointed others to Jesus. And so even walking along one day in his ministry, he sees Jesus and he shouts out, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Witness. You see, Jesus doesn't need heroes. Jesus wants witnesses. Jesus doesn't need champions. Jesus is quite okay with losers. He loves them especially, in fact. Jesus doesn't need egos. Jesus doesn't even need people doing great things. He simply wants witnesses. Jesus doesn't need Fortune 500 CEOs. Jesus doesn't need trained evangelists that that have half the Bible memorized and can answer every difficult question. Jesus doesn't even need people who think they're going to change the world. Jesus wants witnesses. Jesus wants people who have seen him. He wants people that know him and can say, ah, yeah, I know Jesus. God with us who has come to rescue me. He loves me even when I feel unlovable and he forgives me, especially when I don't deserve it. Yeah, he suffered and died and rose for me. Yeah, I know him. Witness. And the magi who come from afar and simply bow down and give and worship the baby, they go home differently because of what they've seen. And the poor and lowly shepherds, Luke tells us, they went home praising God because of what they saw. They were witnesses. Jesus doesn't need heroes. He wants witnesses. 
witness. Sometimes businesses will send someone out to the curb in a costume. You seen that? It happens a lot around tax time to places that will do your taxes. So in a couple months, you'll see a lot of this. I've also seen it outside Pizza Hut and other places. And they send somebody in a ridiculous costume. I've seen outside of a tax place somebody in a Statue of Liberty costume. And they have the giant arrow that they just hold. You know what I'm talking about? And they just kind of dance and hold the arrow. And it just go, they do that all day for uh, however much they get paid an hour to, to look silly and point to the store. That's it. They get you know, paid to stand there all day or how many hours, look silly, draw, and draw attention to something else, the store. That's a witness. That's what John did with his life, and that's what Jesus wants you to do with your life. Live in a way that points others to Jesus, even if you look a little silly. The guy I saw outside Pizza Hut a few years back, it really struck me. That guy doesn't have any pizza. He doesn't have the goods. He's pointing you to where the stuff's at. That's John. I'm not, I'm not the light. It's Jesus. And Jesus even tells the disciples, there is no one greater than John, yet John's life was one big dancing arrow pointing to Jesus. And I believe the best lived life is one that just simply points to Jesus. And the ordinary of everyday life, whether it's kindness in line at the grocery store or sitting with a friend in pain, witness the life that you have in the light of the world, Jesus. But there's a thing about being a witness, and here's what it is. Witness requires withness. Witness requires withness. Have you ever noticed that you start to become like the people that you hang around with? Have you noticed that? If you spend time with someone, you start to hear how they talk, and then you start to say some of their words and phrases and maybe pick up on some of their mannerisms. Have you noticed that couples who have been married a long time start to become more and more like each other and start to finish each other's sentences? Or some of them even look like each other. And it's true. You do become the things you spend your time doing, and you become like the people you spend time with. A famous motivational speaker named Jim Rohn is famously said it this way. He says that you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. So the five people you spend most time with, they influence you, they rub you off. Now other people have argued and said, well, maybe not five, maybe, okay, whatever. I don't know if that's exactly true. But a Harvard psychologist, David McClellan, did a 25-year study on this. And he said essentially that. The people that you regularly spend time with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. You become who you hang out with. Which is probably my, why my mom didn't like some of my friends in middle school. <laughs> witness requires withness. In order to witness Jesus, you have to spend time with Jesus. In order to be a witness, you have to have withness. And when you spend time with Jesus, you become more like him. And you can witness to his love in your life and the peace that he gives you. And when you sit and hear about him, you become like him. When you come and worship him, you witness his goodness and his grace, and you become like him. Time spent with Jesus is never wasted. 
And when you worship God, you spend time with Jesus, you become a witness. And when you pray, you're, you're doing witness and you become a witness. And you, when you spend time with Jesus, you become like him. And when you read his words, you get to know him and you become like him. Witness requires witness. Now, I realize this starts to sound scary to, to some of us. You start to think, oh, man, uh, I don't want to be asked to talk about Jesus. I really don't want to be a witness. I don't want to, I'd rather not. Guess what? You already are. You may have heard this phrase said, you may be the only Bible someone else ever reads. You may be the only Bible someone else ever reads. That's true. People look at Christians, and if Christians are kind and gracious, they think Jesus is kind and gracious. But if people look at Christians like you and me, and if we are are mean and and hateful and unkind, they will conclude that Jesus is. It's true, whether you and I like it or not, we may be the only Bible someone else reads. And it is true then, sometimes I'm, I'm not a good witness. Sometimes Christians aren't at all. And the good news is still the good news, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world that no darkness can overcome. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it, even the darkness in my heart and your heart. He is the light who has come to give you life by dying and rising for you. And God's grace is bigger than your sins and bigger than when you and I are bad witnesses. But yes, witness requires witness. But here's the thing. When you spend time with Jesus and you get to know him and you read his words and, and you'll hear what he is saying to you, here's what you will say, hear Jesus say to you when you are with him. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weak and weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus says to you, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus says to you, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus says to you, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Or I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved. And Jesus says to you, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Yes, witness requires witness, but when you hear those things that Jesus says to you, I hope you'll conclude that this is the best thing that you could possibly be a witness to. In Jesus' name, amen.